Here we go. When you support WCTFM and LNM Radio, you are telling the suppressing, censoring, lying media, the Gestapo social media gatekeepers, and the search engine manipulators that they cannot control you, get my email, you or the flow of information. So go to WCTFM and click on the support tab at the top of our website. We offer books from great past guests in return for your donations. Our fantastic friend, Chip Reichenthal, has offered to give a tarot card reading if you donate $100 to the station. Now, you would spend way more than that on one of them phonies at the fair or on some shady website. And besides, you're helping this station and this radio show continue and taking the control out of their evil hands and putting it back in yours. Or you can be a great patriot and just donate to the station by clicking the donate button. It's on every page, right at the top. Last but not least, you can send money orders or gifts. Just go to our support tab over on WCETFM.com and you'll find where you can send that. Help us continue to bring you the best host with the best guests, with the best information, and be the resistance, bringing you the truth, one show at a time. WCETFM in Late Night in the Midlands. We cover everything. And good morning, good evening, wherever you may be around the nation, around the world. You're listening to WCET.FM. That's www.wcetfm.com. This is the Supernatural Realm. And uh, wow, we got a great guest tonight. Chippy, you there, buddy? Chippy. Chip. Okay, Chip, you there, bud? Ah, yes, I am. There he is. I, yeah, I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> I am here and ready to go. Timmy, what an exciting show we have for all our beloved listeners and you too. And of course, you know, that is the magic of Tim Rexbury. Always finds the most awesome guests. And no, I'm not jealous. And anyway, <laughs> we have this very magical and very special young lady with us today. Well, young compared to me anyway. Uh, and she looks just like her picture, and how cool is that, right? But, uh, but we are going to talk about some great stuff today. Our honored guest is H Helena Resner. Now, she is a friend of two very special friends to the show and former guests, that uh, Andrew Collins of Ancient Aliens fame and uh, being awesome, and uh, Dr. Gregory L. Little, who we've had on several times and, and we love so much. And so she hangs out with them. So automatically, you know, she's cool. Uh, but anyway, Helena Resner is here to talk about her work 
as a documentary film director. Uh, see, I, I want to be in the next one. How about you, Tim? You want to be in the next documentary? <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, a documentary film director on portal sites that may be associated with the UFO phenomenon. And again, uh, her work there in that documentary with uh, uh, the aforementioned Andrew Collins. And uh, Helena Reznor is also well known as a female rap artist. See, that's right up my alley, you know, because an old nightclub DJ of old here. Uh, and she's traveled extensively to paranormal and ancient sacred sites, uh, both as a rapper and as a documentarian. And how cool is that, right? I mean, if we're going to have a show, the, the uh, Supernatural Realm show, on a Tuesday of all days, got to make it the coolest Tuesday ever. So we're off to a phenomenal start with our magical guest, Helena Resner. And Timmy, I'm going to throw it to you so you can introduce Helena to all of us in the Supernatural Realm radio. Oh, welcome to the show, Helena. It's great to, great to have you here. Well, thank you for inviting me on. I'm really excited. So how did how did you get involved with the supernatural UFO phenomena? Did you? Oh, well, a lifetime of curiosity to mm -hmm. start with, for sure. Uh, you know, when people told me things are the way they are because of this, well, I would always wonder, well, yeah, but why is this this? Like, mm -hmm. what is the meaning behind that? <laughs> but what comes before that? You know, and uh, Sounds like we hung out with the same people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to understand some deeper levels of reality, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's kind of the way I was brought up, too. You know, I was, I was brought up in a church, and I'd always have questions, what they were saying, questions on top of questions, and I wasn't getting any answers that I was looking for. So here I am. You got to find your own. <laughs> exactly. You got to find your own answers. Right, yeah. I see. I was brought up in a home, and every once in a while we'd visit church. So that's way different. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta bust on Timmy a little bit. Yeah, I hear you, Chippy. Yeah. I bet the crackers were good anyway. What's that? I bet the crackers were good anyway. You know, since you brought up in a church. Well, that's yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. That, Timmy, that and the grape wait. juice. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> You got a question for Helena? Oh, where where do I even start? All right. Well, I, how long did it take you until you found some like-minded people? Uh, because it Ooh. took me a long, took long, me a long time. See, too. I, yeah, I asked, <coughs> it was almost like an underground thing, you know. Because well, back in the day when I was asking the same questions you were asking, you couldn't talk about that stuff out loud, you know. So we'd have to try to find people. It was kind of an underground thing. They couldn't talk about it either. Was it like that with you? You know, it took me forever. And it wasn't until recently when when things started to change on that level. Um, uh, contact in the desert helps. Have you ever been there? Ah, not yet, no. You know not, what it uh, is, though? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, it's on my bucket list of things. It's just I have to beg my wife, you know, to to go to contact with the desert and, you know. Yeah, in, in my opinion, along. it it has the most diversity of just esoteric knowledge, lectures, and and people who are interested in that. That, that helps. But really, I think Facebook. I think I just followed the people whose work I was interested in, Andrew included, um, the authors, uh, you know, who inspire me. 
and um, I, I started joining up with just kind of different Facebook groups. And of course, I've had friends here and there, an odd friend here and there who likes to watch, let's say, like ancient aliens or kind of interested in conspiracy theory type stuff. But, but you know, I, I, I want to go past all that. I, I'm looking for the answers behind the symptoms personally. Oh, excellent. Well, see, we could hang there because you know, we're <laughs> kind of looking for the same thing. And, uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know, uh, because you are a rap artist, which came first, the, the rap or the paranormal slash UFO type of thing? Um, well, it's always been both because my, my whole life I was, as far back as I can remember into my childhood, I was, I was writing funny things in rhyme formation, passing notes in class of things that rhymed with one another. And I was listening to rap, like as a you know fourth grader, I shouldn't have had you know these early Eminem CDs, but I I did, <laughs> I, I did. Oh, and, I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I've always been just kind of rapping, whether it was in poetry or on in actual music, and I've always been interested in strange things like you know like aliens, like ghosts, like. Uh, other realms of existence, a uh, space, huge fascination with, with what's out there in space. Oh, uh, history. There's so much. There's so much to be uncovered throughout history. Uh, reading Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code as an adolescent really got me thinking more about the things that got lost over the course of of time. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, what a great example of, of of things to inspire you. Because I mean, even you know, I mean that book alone showed a, a lot of avenues that people wouldn't normally take to get to the, the knowledge that they want. And these were all kind of things that are still controversial to the church today, yeah. uh, let alone that. So even even when we're walking on the regular side of the street, that's a pretty good place to start. <laughs> um, but I want to just for a minute on the wrap, though, uh, did you have any inspirations? You mentioned Eminem. Uh, were, were there any <laughs> hip-hop or rap artists that you particularly liked where you said, you know what, I think I can do this? Well, it definitely all started with early Eminem, as I like to call him, Slim Shady. Um, <laughs> okay. And it was, it was because he wasn't talking about that. And he didn't. He was mean. He was mean sometimes, and I don't like how, how he bullied certain people. But he was talking about different things than everyone else. Everyone else was like, ooh, partying at the club, and I... I wear expensive clothes and I drive expensive cars right. and I hang out with lots of beautiful ladies and, you know, I do a bunch of this and that. But he was talking about like, you know, when I was a kid in school, I got bullied. So I did this and then and then my mom did this and then I felt like this. It just he, he was funny and sarcastic with it. And yeah. and I just realized that, you know, that that you could express yourself through rap where you mm -hmm. didn't have to fake who you were, where you could be your authentic self or an exaggerated version of your authentic self. So that was a huge inspiration. Uh, like Wu-Tang Clan, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. uh, like Busta Rhymes. I love like a, a fast oh, rap. I really do. Um, it's, it's too many to, to say, really. But yeah, it's always inspired me. I, I love the poetry of it. And then there's a beauty about getting things, getting your feelings and energies into words and and you get them in those perfect words and you can finally understand it like you put all the puzzle pieces together you can finally understand it in a way that helps you to let it go or helps you to accept it or helps you to understand it fully mm -hmm. well they're great examples you know i mean buster i'm you know put put your hand 
put your eyes where my hands can see or hands where my eyes can see. Uh, <laughs> great example of, you know, I mean, it's kind of a quick freestyle type of, of rap. But the Wu-Tang and Eminem uh, also were great for, for crossover uh, coolness, you know. It was cool in several different audiences at the same time. Plus, there was irony. There was satire. Uh, lots of different things involved uh, in, in that particular kind of rap music. So, see, I feel I know you a little better now. Uh, uh, it's, it's a music thing, you know. But that's a, can we, I used to play all that stuff back in the day. Timmy, okay. go ahead. I was going to ask if we can step away from that for a minute because I want to ask some questions pertaining to um, the rock formations around the world. <clears throat> um, Greg said that you've been working with Andrew uh, uh, quite a bit on these rock formations and the possibility of them having a, a connection with the UFO phenomenon? Well, by rock formations, do you mean natural or man-made? Natural formations. Natural formations. So I, I could go on about both like a, natural like, and, like and man-made man yeah. yeah. rock formations. Um, but it seems like, okay, there's, there's a, around the world, there's a lot of holy mountains mm -hmm. uh, that have been, you know, worshipped by, by the local culture of the area uh, for as far as history goes back. There's a lot of sacred grounds uh, to many Native American tribes, uh, Celtic, Druidic, goes all the way back to Mesopotamia. And they're usually mountains, sometimes volcanoes, um, mounds. Rock formations like uh, you have in Sedona, like red rock kind of peaks. Mm -hmm. uh, archways, archways. I've heard interesting things about uh, the, the, the arches in Utah. But it, a lot of the time when you find a lot of, let's say, UFO, by that I mean like anomalous things in the sky, when, when you have a lot of visions or experiences of that around these rocky outcrops, uh, it's usually because there's very, very powerful electromagnetic fields in the area right. caused by the quartz content. So you're going to find it a lot in very high quartz bearing granite, sandstone, especially uh, if are you familiar with Amara Muru in uh, Bolivia, uh, Bolivia, actually, along the coast of Lake Titicaca, yeah. you know, the little doorway. It looks mm -hmm. like a, a portal. Um, the Lake Titicaca area in general is very, very known for UFO sightings regularly. Uh, there's bo certain bodies of water and certain mountains and certain rock formations. And sometimes not a rock formation. Sometimes it's just a piece of ground, like in Avebury. It's, it's just, you know, meadows and meadows. But I think it's the aquifers and the chalk within the earth that might be ha causing this electrical charge. So where you get these fields, I think you're getting these energy vortexes. And, and in certain instances, I believe you can open a portal with an energy vortex, and that might explain the alleged UFO sightings, for sure. My brother, my little brother, has traveled all over the world. And most recently, he's been to um, Ireland. And he'd be, they'd be traveling, you know, driving along in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, this rock formation would pop up in, in a field somewhere. It almost looks like some sort of um, portal. Uh, it almost looks like some sort of portal, and he says like, these formations all over the, all over uh, Southern Ireland, and you know he doesn't know why they're there. They just 
just kind of pop up in the middle of nowhere. You're saying they appear and then they disappear? I guess he just drives up on them, you know, all throughout Ireland. I don't know if they disappear, but he just drives up drives up on them. And then, you know, 10, 15 miles down the road, another one will, will show up or he'll see them. So I don't know. Interesting. If, well, it sounds like I need to be going to Ireland soon. I do have plans for that. Okay. But I, I haven't I, heard I, that story yet. Yeah, I just wonder if there's, if there's some sort of connection with the, you know, the UFO phenomenon. Maybe the, they're like a portal or a gateway that they travel back and forth through. Or if well, there's Earth some sort of agents. There, there are a few particular Earth geology circumstances that open up, in my opinion, open up these gateways uh, that kind of thin the veil in that area. And I could I can go through what those specific geologies are if you like. It's it's a lot of what's in the rock, a lot of what's the the metals, the quartz deposits in the stone. But it, it's more than that too. I, um, I mean I could go on and on about it. Yeah, you think that's why Gettysburg's so active with these uh, sightings of soldiers, like these Oh, Gettysburg. Ones? I honestly think you know I haven't studied the geology of it at all. Mm. Um, but when you have such traumatic, intense, explosive energies all in one area at the same time, I think that's going to leave an energetic imprint. And I do believe that portals can work through time. So sometimes when someone sees this and that in Gettysburg, for instance, maybe what they're just seeing is a glimpse back into time because you have a momentary space-time lapse of some kind caused either by the geomagnetic fields of the area or because of that deep, deep, deep-rooted energy from the massive amounts of trauma that happened all together at the same time in that region. Uh, yeah, I think people I think people can create these hotspots if they put enough emotion and um, put enough emotion and energy into it. For sure. I think Skinwalker Ranch is one of those instances as well. Mm-hmm. And that's out where, Utah or Nevada or somewhere, I believe? Uh, Skinwalker Ranch is in Utah. It is, it's the most famous active paranormal hotspot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's close to the public. It's pretty secretive what's going on now, but there's a, a pretty good documentary that has been out about it. George Knapp was the leading investigator originally on that. And, uh, they have everything going on there. Um, cryptids, a lot of cryptid sightings, a lot of disappearances or things moving around or things all of a sudden all up in the tree or all of a sudden the whole herd of cattle is compacted into a shed that's been locked from the outside and no one can figure out how they moved there within the past minute. They're all, all the cattle in the pasture all of a sudden locked in a shed a minute later. No explanation. Shed still locked. Things like that, things going missing, people having mysterious injuries or ailments. There's a very strange uh, amount of microwave activity there. But what it seems with Skinwalker Ranch is if you look back at the history of it, the native tribes of the area, they, I think they had a territorial dispute in that, Mm. in that region. I think that's when two tribes kind of overlapped and Andrew will correct me if, if I get this wrong, but, um, I believe that one of the tribes put a kind of a curse on this land 
if not both of them, and summoned possibly, let's say, elemental forces or egregores to become active and potent in this zone. Because nothing about the geology screams obvious portal location. It seems like it was a, it was a consciousness-made hotspot, mostly. It seems like there's a lot of sites uh, are, are throughout, like Yosemite National Park, different national parks that have Native American lineage to it, where these people go on hikes and all of a sudden they'll disappear. Um, they may not appear; some reappear in other locations. Some don't, re you know, reappear at all. What's well, that remind. I mean, that's from Missing Four One One. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. I forget. Uh, I forget yeah. his name, but um, I'm supposed to be speaking to him at some point. And it's interesting because, you know, national parks, there's there are allotted pieces of land that the government wants to keep tabs on and wants to, you know, have control over to some degree. And maybe that's because they know how powerful these places are. They don't want anyone to just be able to do anything with that land. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to regulate it. And um that that is interesting. People keep going missing in these parts, and right, it's like you turn around, then you look back the other way, and your child's just gone. Like, it makes no sense. Second sense, it's just two seconds of time and disappear. That sounds like a port portal teleportation, a portaling incident for sure. Mm -hmm. And my brother was lived down in Colorado for years, like 15, 20 years, and uh, he was hiking and on this location, and then after watching. 411, uh, there was this place that he actually hiked in, and I showed it to him, and he's like, holy crap, we hiked there. <laughs> he's kind of freaked out about it. But Chip. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I mean, best case scenario, I get the realm. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, I die, and I get reincarnated, so that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's not okay. I have unfinished business. I'd prefer not to die, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm very courageous. <laughs> yeah, my mom tells me that all the time. She goes, "I'm gonna be haunting you the rest of your life because I definitely have a un unfinished business." <laughs> it's kind of funny, but. And that's helpful to you because then you get more answers in the paranormal realm. Right. Exactly. Chippy, you have a question or comment for Elena? Uh, yeah. Actually, boy, where where do you even begin? Well, I. I, I sure like where we have started, um, especially when, you, when you're looking at, at these um, structures that are either uh, nature-made or, or man-made, and uh, to think about the kind of energy or energy vortex that may have been uh, brought in at these locations. And, and you mentioned that, you know, you can tell the veil has been thinned, if you will, a, a bit. So I, I guess uh, rather than dwell on the geomagnetics for a moment, I'm uh, just wondering, um, you know, when, when you're, well, let's say you're looking at, at uh, a structure that is um, Native American, if you will, uh, and uh, there are some burial grounds where uh, I think uh, it was Greg Little who was talking about uh, a shaman. Uh, possibly being part of these uh, uh, burial mounds. And um, I guess the, 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 the weird question is, 
because you seem to be attuned with these energies and the difference in these energies. Uh, have you ever had um, any kind of contact experiences, mm, either with uh, uh, a ghost or spirit, the paranormal, or uh, non-terrestrial? Uh, yeah, I um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you asking me that early on because it would explain, it would explain um, my reason for being open-minded to these things and and you know my level of skepticism. Sure. So I I used to be a hardcore atheist, to be honest. I mean, not a horrible <laughs> person, but I just thought you know, oh, people invented God and spirituality because they're afraid of what's going to happen when they die, and it's a comfort, nice right. little comfort blanket. But mm -hmm. um. Then I realized I've experienced some things that are not of this reality. And I had other people there around me almost every single time to verify it. And it just, um, it exists. Once you see it, once your friend sees it, once you hear it, once you feel it, you just know there's more than this. And once you know there's more than this, you know that everything is possible. Everything so the, is possible. These are the kinds of situations where there are other people that can verify that they <laughs> saw the same thing or experienced the same thing that you did? <clears throat> yes, oftentimes. I mean, I can give you specific specific examples if that's what you'd like. Oh, you're more than welcome sure. to do that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. The first one that affected me the most... I'm taking a sip of water. Oh, go for it. Okay. The, well, I wouldn't say affected me the most. The first one of powerful effect was when I, in, in middle school, the kids, the new, the biggest fashion was to play with Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. I, uh, mm -hmm. I didn't have one. They, apparently they sold it at Walmart, but I, I tried to make my own. And my friend and I were, were having what seemed to be an unsuccessful Ouija session. So we left my room and we went and did something. And then we walked past my room again a couple minutes later. And we had both glanced into my room while passing it. And we stopped <laughs> right, right after we passed my, the doorway to my room. We looked at each other and we're, did, we confirmed immediately. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I saw that. Did you see that? Was it the guy sitting on the bed with his hands and his arms and on, on his, his elbows on his knees? He's like, yep. Was he gray? Yes. <laughs> so what we saw was man sitting on the bed with his, his head in his hands and his elbows on his knees. It's a very solemn looking stance. And it was right next. It was right above where we had been attempting the Ouija. Wow. So that was that I, I had to look back at that when I was thinking I was an atheist, realizing like there is, there has to be more than this because my friend and I both saw that. And this was before, you know, drinking and drugs. This was like, this is like 11 years old. There's no excuse for that. It's just, it is what it is. So that's the first thing. Um, I think the second thing that really hit me was a UFO sighting and in the most insane UFO sighting I could have ever had ever oh, and this, oh. this was recently oh. um i had had i think a little bit of ghost stuff here and there um but uh yeah it was a couple years ago i think it was like 2016 i was in oxnard up northern los angeles uh above above los angeles and um <clears throat> i was with a friend and we uh looked up in the sky we were looking up in the sky. No, actually, I was with my boyfriend. 
was my boyfriend. We were on a golf course, and we noticed these little stars that were disappearing and reappearing nearby, and then shooting across the sky like a line of light and then stopping abruptly. <laughs> so a lot of disappearing and reappearing stars and shooting and leaving a line and stopping abruptly. And then they were merging together and becoming one wow. and separating apart and becoming many. So that's strange, but they did look like stars. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a drone parade of some kind <laughs> going on. <laughs> but No, we strange. see that sort of thing all the time, honestly. You know, stars, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And then they it's, reappear. Yeah, and they it sing started later. like that. It started like that, and I could have I could write that off as as maybe plasma uh, beings. We can get into that later. Sure. Um, Earth lights, but what really was the kicker of all? All of a sudden, my boyfriend he he screamed, "Oh my God! Look!" He looks up in the sky. He points, and for seven sec seven to ten seconds, we see going over a cloud a completely black oval, which is the size of a town, I don't know, it's like mm. many city blocks, like oh. half of Hollywood. I, I mean, just huge. This thing huge. was bigger to fit, all, big enough to fit all of those orbs in it, and then, and then more, and then some. So it was move. It was over a cloud, so we could see its shape, see mm. that it had this, you know, curved surface, completely black, no, no paneling, just seamless, and around the middle of the belly of it was. Oh a pulsating red ring. Now, I, I mean, I've never heard a story like this before. It's kind sure. of a strange thing for me to see. Well, that's just, even better because the, you know, that really it, makes it yours and yours yeah, alone. So, so the end of that story is, I mean, it has the red pulsating ring around the belly of it. I see it moving over the cloud for seven seconds or so, and then it disappears into thin air, just completely disappears. But the little orbs, the little scouts, as I called them, they can, for the rest of the night, just doing their dance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's interesting that you have these, you know, because uh, uh, as I return to uh, the, uh, the main, main question about you being around these uh, artifacts, <coughs> or rock formations, or, or whatever, and because you've had these experiences, you know, and, and it, it goes along the same with us, too. I mean, when you are hunting for the paranormal, so to speak, and you see stuff move across a room on its own, it changes the way you see the world. Mm -hmm. you know? well, I've, I've had that, too. That was actually right after the UFO experience that that started happening. Wow. Yeah. And so it, it, it kind of um, it, it kind of begs the question that when you're at these locations and you know that you can sense that there's some sort of energy vortex around these rock formations or stone formations or artifacts or whatever you're looking at. And the question becomes, and, and uh, uh, t uh, granting that you're researching this. So you have to keep an open mind and look to tick the boxes, not to think of experiences that you've had perhaps biasing you in one way or the other. You have to be skeptical because this is research you're doing. But when you're at these locations, uh, and especially if there are certain ones in particular, do you feel, do you sense the difference in the energy? Because you've had these experiences, do you, can you kind of sense that in the energy itself? 
Oh, 100%. I'm a very, um, let's say, energetically sensitive person. I would mm. say I'm an empath, so I'm going to respond to mm. people's energies, earth energies, etc. Um, a lot of places are so powerful that you see, okay, this energy sensitivity medically has been diagnosed as an anxiety disorder. Right. So... So when, if I go to somewhere like Sedona, I know it's very uplifting, positive energy, but it's so amplified mm-hmm. that it almost, if I don't know how to shield myself properly, if I'm not being careful, it, it will almost put me into overdrive. Like uh, the first time Andrew and I, well, I went to Avebury uh, Stone Circle okay. with Andrew, I was just, I, I couldn't even breathe. It was so powerful. And, I can um, imagine. Yeah, it, it, it gets intense. But then a, a lady there, she told me, look, just just say to the stones, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. But can you just tone it down a little bit? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to it. And I did that. And and I really I felt a lot better. I just I think I had trouble initially adjusting to some places uh, within my energy, my energy field to the energy field of the area. And, and once I did, once I did, it was it was amazing. I mean, the most amazing feeling I ever had energetically was from a stone circle called Rollwright. Rollwright Stones um, in Western England. It is, it's the only stone circle that's been thoroughly uh, studied for, for electromagnetic, subtle energies, radioactivity, um, uh, different kinds of, all kinds of waves, all kinds of, uh, sounds um but yeah paul devro did a study about the roll right stones called the dragon project where he analyzed these stones and what was going on in the stone circle and he found what what were seven energy bands that were concentric circles one within one within the other within the other when you walk Yikes. into the stone circle wow. and um i did that this past fall with my first time dowsing ever with a master dowser <laughs> And I walked in there and I just started crying and laughing at the same time. And I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even know how to douse. And the, and the, every time this master dowser tells me we're, we're hitting a seventh, uh, we're hitting another energy band. My, my rods react like violently every time. And, um, I was just so, I wanted to stay. I mean, we had to get on the move, but I just wanted to lay there all day. I felt like I was flying through the air. I was just Mm -hmm. exhilarated. Yeah, and it's so, uh, concentric yeah. circles. I mean, it really adds to the depth. Of, see, Timmy and I are, are impasse. I mean, we, we talk about everyday things Big like time. going into a crowded store and feeling everybody's emotions, you know, and having to kind of taper that down. Sometimes it's overwhelming, the life of an empath. But it, yeah. uh, but this this is a whole different ballgame, the kind of energies there and that you're sensitive to. And before I turn it over to Timmy, because I know he's got a few questions for you, I want to apologize on behalf of the uh, uh, the Western Medicine and Mental Health programs that, <laughs> to, sh- to shame you for being an empath and to call it an anxiety disorder. I mean, I w- welcome to our world. That's right? what it is. And, and, you know, shame on them for doing that. This is something that you can really embrace and and wear with pride and it's going to help you in your works and and we're kind of excited for you that you get a chance to do this you're kind of like one of us you know speaking for the team it's a beautiful thing uh tell me i'm going to turn it over to you yeah they they wanted to medicate me for my anxiety i'm like (laughs) 
<laughs> Hell no, man. And I like everybody this. Everybody <laughs> wants to medicate me, but that's my job, you know. <laughs> I can find better medicines than I can. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> do, do these vortexes have supernatural properties and do you think if so, if they do then what what are the what are those properties um well okay so in general energy vortexes have been believed to be places of spiraling energy we don't know exactly what that energy is but We'll get into that. Um, but a lot of people claim that they have mental, emotional, mm -hmm. physical, spiritual, mystical effects on them, mm -hmm. that they have profound psychic downloads, healings, communications, encounters with supernatural or spiritual beings or intelligences. Uh, that's why people flock to places like Sedona and Mount Shasta and Glastonbury. Sure. Uh, they're thought to be some of the most powerful chakras of the earth or let's say major vortices oh, through um, centuries no less but it's nothing new i mean they've been thought to be sacred or holy lands by peoples from all corners of the globe throughout the entire span of human history as far as i know <laughs> <clears throat> um so yeah they definitely are regarded as having supernatural energies now what those energies are I could definitely, I could definitely fill you in on what I'm gathering thus far. That seems to be the most logical thing to me. Cool. Go for it. And and yeah. you, and you feel these around the rock formations that you've been to as well. These energies. A lot of times, it's going to be a sacred or holy mountain like Mount Shasta, mm -hmm. or Glastonbury Tour, or uh, Mount Adams up at the East Eddy Ranch in Washington. Is it hot, super hot spot? Uh, Sedona, you have those 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 uh, sandstone rock formations, but what people don't realize is that they're filled with quartz. There's quartz clusters growing off of those things, and it's so powerful that Andrew and I found a, a, a spot with that, of a quartz deposit. We laid down on it. He started having visions. I stood up on it, and I started feeling like I was spinning violently, and I was going to fall over and faint. But not in a bad way, but a, a hilarious way. Um, <laughs> hilarious way. <laughs> but that's, that's because these, okay, so I mean, quartz creates, uh, quartz under pressure creates piezoelectricity. Exactly. So that is going to be creating these electromagnetic fields. And electromagnetic fields affect the human mind, mm -hmm. the, the human brain, human consciousness. And you can go into the studies, um, of Michael Persinger with the God helmet, where helmets of rotating magnetic fields were placed um, on people's heads, and they would they would feel supernatural presences. They would mm -hmm. feel mystical or paranormal experiences in altered states while wearing this God God helmet. Mm -hmm. So you know it, it might just be a scientific thing, but it, at the same time, think about it: these swirling geomagnetic magnetic fields are making us feel like we have mystical experiences because it's affecting our brain. Well, we have a portal in our brain, our mm -hmm. pineal gland, our third eye is a portal. So if maybe these vortexes are just allowing the more in, in, information to more easily permeate that inner portal that we have. So mm -hmm. it's like a consciousness portal. Sure. Like Sedona, generally the vortexes there I consider as consciousness portals rather than physical portals. Nearby, like Sedona, Nebra 
the Bradshaw Ranch. I don't know if you've heard of Bradshaw Ranch near Sedona. Mm -hmm. That is a very physical portal. Like, I mean, that is, that's Skinwalker Ranch level physical stuff going on there. Yeah, it's kind of what we've been up against uh, in in our decades of paranormal research, you know. You see these uh, ghost hunters have these EMF meters, these electromagnetic frequency meters, so they can monitor these things. And parapsychologists will tell you that if you're overexposed to extra high doses of electromagnetic frequency, you're going to feel like... Uh, somebody's watching you or you're going to feel the hair on the back of your neck uh, stand up. So it's not necessarily people having a paranormal experience, it's people having some reaction to too much electromagnetic frequency that they're exposed to at that time. But at the same time, there are people like you, like us, like Andrew, who can differentiate those from an actual uh, inner experience, you know, and, and separate the difference, separate the two. Uh, because there's also uh, centuries in some of these places of collective consciousness belief that, that helps that energy along and your own subjective experience while you're standing in that spot and separate it from just some natural, quote unquote, um, uh, high doses of electromagnetic frequency. So it's kind of neat that, you know, you know well enough to separate the two, but it still helps you with your research. Kind of a cool thing. Well, I find that natural electromagnetic fields are probably going to be a lot better for your health and your well-being than these man-made electromagnetic fields, you know, we get from our phones and our Wi-Fi, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they can have positive positive effects, very positive Mm -hmm. effects, but they can have very negative effects as well. Yeah. Well, we've been talking uh, with Andrew and Greg about uh, uh, what we call light pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, you know, you can't look at the night sky and see it very well because there's so much artificial light out there. And add to that, everybody's carrying around smartphones and computers. You were talking about uh, some some significant differences in, in microwave frequencies and some of that has to do with the technology that we carry with us as we get so much further removed from nature by the day. And I think it's kind of cool that you can really separate both of them uh, in uh, your own frame of mind and state of being as you're on these properties doing this research and sensing that energy. Uh, You know, we're behind you on that. We kind of like that. (laughs) Thank you. You know, the strange thing about the microwave frequencies that are being picked up, the the large amount of microwave frequencies being picked up at Skinwalker Ranch is that there is no man-made reason for that to be in that area. That is actually either natural or there's some kind of, I don't know, construction underneath there that has an unnatural source that we can't find. But uh, that shouldn't be found out in the middle of nowhere in Utah. Right. But it, it's probably a combination of both. We've seen a lot of uh, when we do investigations into paranormal, we ultimately find out if you do enough history, it almost always dates back to uh, the days of Native American before the European settlers arrived. And uh, there were perhaps curses put on the land or certain elementals or energies that mm-hmm. were assigned in a collective consciousness belief that... Absolutely. 
you know, the more, even as thousands of years go by and, uh, you know, people move on to that same area and build a house there or whatever, you know, it interferes with the pure and original energy that was there from the Native Americans and the elementals that they worked with. It's almost as though we're coming onto these properties and creating some sort of sacrilege, uh, at least, uh, you know, to the indigenous uh, uh, tribal beliefs. Uh, so that stuff still carries and it lasts a long time and there is something to it. I can't tell you how many uh, violent hauntings and malevolent hauntings that we've been made aware of. We're personally not haunting people, you know. Uh, we like the positive funny, side of these things. But uh, really dates back four or five hundred years, you know, before the European settlers arrived and started messing stuff up, you know, and things of that nature. And there is just this void that's left in the ether between people in the 2020s and how they think, <laughs> as opposed to people in the 1500s 1600s and how they thought and how they believed. And, you know, when you're standing on these sites, there is a pureness to that energy uh, that no computer can replicate, you know. Uh, none of this cheap little ghost hunter equipment can equivocate. And I think it's very cool that you can pick up on this stuff and, and separate, you know, I, I think you have a very genuine grasp of what's going on there, which is, <laughs> uh, I think, very cool, you know. Uh, and it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that. The, the way that you're looking at your research and the, you're looking at these sites and the things that you're coming away with while there. Uh, it's kind of a like a you go girl type of thing, you know, because people can cheapen it uh, so easily and you're not doing that. And well, so thank you thank very much. Thank oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> Just think it's cool. Timmy, what you got? Uh, buddy? Have you or anybody that you know have had any experiences with a Tesla coil at, at any of these locations? Hmm. Uh, no, that's an interesting idea for sure. I mean, Nikola Tesla is my ultimate inspiration of all time, actually. I mean, good one to have uh, no, ultimate, like, because I really think that, the, okay, I haven't experimented with the Tesla coil, right? I would like to experiment, experiment ideally with a, a Tesla tower, right. which he was never Ooh. able to finish building such as Wardenclyffe or his experimentation in Colorado Springs. Um, I wish someone would recreate that tower. And actually there was a series on history channel that recreated a small version of it. And they, mm -hmm. they plugged a light bulbs into the ground and were able to illuminate all the light bulbs by sending the, uh, the electricity through the ground. Yeah, um, I think I remember seeing that. But I think that Tesla was trying to harness this zero point energy, <laughs> which might be the same as chi, prana, mana, you know, scalar waves. Tesla called them non-Hertzian waves. Mm -hmm. I'd just like to call it uh, life source energy. Mm -hmm. I think he was figuring out a way to pull that out of the quantum field itself. Right. Um, no, absolutely right. See, we could hang. We have friends that actually do research on that. Uh, Dr. Claude Swanson, for one. He I'm wrote dying for... Yeah, I'm dying to meet some physics-minded people for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll but, tell you what. See, we can hang. I'll I'll introduce <laughs> you to them. No, because, oh. you know, he was specifically mentioning uh, chi energy and pranic energy. Yeah. 
as uh, to exemplify what he thinks might be uh, consciousness, but as a physical energy form, uh, yeah, not I, I energy per se, but as a force um, kind of that can manipulate uh, yeah, uh, mass or energy uh, rather than energy itself, more like a force that acts on them. Um, and he mentioned a, a guy from Russia who used to study bacteria, and that's where he came up with this thing called torsion energy. It's like torsion a, fields. Torsion, torsion fields. fields. Yes. Uh, torsion and, fields, I believe, are the same thing as chi, as prana, as scalar waves. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. Zero point energy. I, I I think it's all the same, but we've had orgone energy. I don't know if you're familiar with Wilhelm Reich, but. Orgone energy, I mean, this is life source energy, right? And I think that it's permeating permea permeating throughout the layers of existence, throughout the dimensions, through these portals, through these zero points that are opened or can be opened at the center of a toroidal field, a vortex. Right. And, and you might set them differently on a Native American burial ground, for example, than maybe some place in Glastonbury. Because those indigenous beliefs were along the same lines, where they they attributed that kind of torsion or orgone energy, or or ether as Tesla would call it, um, to their own to the elements and their understanding of plants and herbs and trees and air and earth and fire. Um, so it almost feels almost pure at those sites when you think about all the differences in energy and consciousness and that, because they were closer to nature than we are now. Well, the symbol of the spiral itself is worldwide. I mean, it goes back throughout all cultures at all, all walks of life, um, all parts of the world. It's, it's the spiral that spin. I think that spin is what's connecting everything to one another and what's bringing that life force energy from the field into all layers of existence. And I think if you can harness that energy, that zero point energy through use of Tesla tower technology, I don't think we'd need any kind of oil, uh, natural. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be assassinated, but you know, no natural coal, <laughs> no not non-renewable resources. We won't I mean, tell us all. See, it's secret possible. It is possible. Absolutely. And if, if Tesla proved anything or almost proved anything, that is what I think it was. Well, but it all breaks I, I down go back to energy, frequency, and vibration. Yeah, exactly. yeah if you want to learn the secrets of the universe, energy, frequency, and vibration. But, uh, Tim, what did you, what, where was your mind going when you, you were wondering if I had brought a Tesla coil in a vortex site? Do you think that static electricity would have, what do you think that might have done? I think it would have enhanced it. I think maybe you would have experienced maybe some sort of extraterrestrial or Tesla coil. So that's basically just sh shooting out bolts of lightning, small bolts of lightning. But there's a way to, I believe if you have some kind of grounding rod or something, there's a way to direct them to, yeah, to basically, another point yeah, specifically, I, right? Yeah, you can enhance the EMF with those coils, I believe. I I, I think that would be an, an actually really interesting experiment. I mean... I don't even want to look up how much it would cost to buy a Tesla Cause, coil. Because I know, I know there's kits you can buy on eBay and, and um, uh, the new Ghost Hunters show. I think they've, oh, they've used oh, yeah. one it, it, on the show various times. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be interesting to see how the coil would interact with it, how a Tesla tower would interact with Vortex Energy. But, I mean, there's still the idea of how stone circles and pyramids might be reacting with this same Vortex Energy. absolutely, yeah. It's it's nothing new. And that's why there's water in all these places, you know, because it helps that force along. They did a they did a laboratory experiment where they found a way to best uh, simulate uh, the kind of paranormal activity uh, energy <coughs> that you see when stuff moves across a room on its own, as we mentioned. They actually did some. Uh, they had uh, this magnetic force that they could guide, and they could bind that with static electricity. So they created this static electricity along with a guided magnetic pulse. And that uh, best matched the same kind of motion, the same kind of movement that you might see at a, at a some sort of uh, paranormal location. You know, the way that well, stuff kind yeah. of moves in almost this weird stutter, but you know. I mean, absolutely. One of the most active paranormal hotspots is in northern Yorkshire, northern Yorkshire called Bempton, and Andrew turned me on to it. He's very actively interested in that yeah, place. Yeah. It, w- when we went there, we had a, a good, a good static uh, field detector, and it went. It, it's you know whatever you call the pointer thing went beyond the capacity for that the numbers. It went beyond the numbers. You mm-hmm. know what I'm trying to say. It went beyond what it should have been able to do. And um, that's an extremely, extremely, I mean, all kinds of disappearances. And the types of cryptids that they see there are just frightening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, see, Timmy's a more cryptid guy than me. Because he lives in Pennsylvania. They got all sorts of weird stuff. and They got dog boys and stuff. Well, okay, speaking of... The dog-headed man is the prime suspect of Bempton right now. Mm. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm skeptical, but when people all over the world are seeing the damn same thing, and yeah. they're, they're credible people, they're not trying to, they have nothing to, to lose or to gain. Mm-hmm. Well, they have everything to lose. They have nothing to gain yeah. by just telling their truth. They're terrified. Right. When they're sure. all explaining they saw this, like, werewolf-type creature... You've got to you got to take into account those numbers and mm-hmm. and that credibility and it's like Anubis. I mean, where did that idea come from right. originally? <laughs> well, in ancient Egypt, but yeah, yeah. we we have our own well, version. It's, of... it's an anthropomorph, so yeah. it, it dog-headed man. There you go. It's it's right. always been around. Yeah, it, it really has. Yeah, sense of like really the beginning of time. And you're right because you know we see it too. Uh, we talk to people who have had abductee experiences but let's say that's you let's say you're sitting in your living room and all of a sudden something lifts you up so you're floating in space and all of a sudden you're in this ship things are poking and prodding at you and uh, doing god knows what and then boom back to your living room you go who do you tell who do you trust enough to tell can you tell your parents can you tell your family can you tell your friends ostracized from your community so yeah, for mm-hmm. people to come out and talk about seeing cryptids like that, uh, you know, the the dog-headed man, for example, it's a tremendous amount of social risk involved. And oftentimes, you know, when people 
uh, relay their stories to us, they relive it. You know, mm -hmm. you can see viscerally that they're actually reliving these experiences. And, you know, we've been around a lot of fake people. We've been around a lot of people that just want attention, you know, so they try to come up with some story that makes them interesting, you know, regardless of risk. But there is a difference. Um, but we've also talked to some physicists and, and scientists that uh, back to that whole energy of consciousness thing or an actual force of consciousness. Got a couple of friends that are astrophysicists, you know, Harvard guys, uh, that look at black holes as more like... Uh, yeah, it's like a hard drive for the consciousness information to travel quickly from one point to another. People talk about contactee experiences with extraterrestrials or plasma beings even as you uh, aforementioned, and uh, it's almost always uh, telepathy, you know. Uh, they communicate their messages mind to mind, uh, and how would they do that, you know? If you're not from this planet and there's 800,000 different languages here and culture, how do you know which language to speak with somebody automatically? So they send them telepathically. It was Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man, to walk on the moon, came back from the moon and he was thinking about stuff like that. But yeah, he actually did an ESP test while he was revolving around the moon. Uh, and he found that telepathy is faster than the speed of light. So there are people out to prove this. Stuff. Well, with, if you take quantum entanglement into consideration, it's instantaneous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's I, I'm glad you brought up black holes because you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Nassim Harriman or his work. I am familiar with yeah. him. I mean, or... okay, look, I don't know if he's right or wrong, but he turned me on to the idea that the physics around the proton of an atom is pretty much exactly the same as the physics around a black hole. And he theorized in a actually uh, acclaimed physics paper that, that at the at the center of every atom is a miniature, miniature, miniature black hole that's quantum entangled to every other atom's black hole. So think about it from like a microcosm to a macrocosm. If energy vortexes within toroidal fields are able to open, let's say, portals or wormholes at their centers, mm -hmm. then all of these things might be doing that. Black holes that are spinning at the centers of our galaxy and the toroidal fields of our galaxy are the portals of our galaxy, let's mm -hmm. say. Let's say the rotating fusion cores of stars within the center of the toroidal field of that star, that could work as a portal. Mm -hmm. Let's say the molten core of our planet, which is spinning with the polar vortex of the Earth's magnetic field, that might be able to work as a portal too. Sure. The nucleus ro rotating within atoms being spun by the vortex of their electron fields and the third eye at the center of our spinal vortex and our auric field, it's like from a microcosm to a macrocosm and, and back, it's all fields within fields within fields and zero points and, and like wormholes and quantum entanglement connecting it into one cosmic web. You just said Timmy's dream word there. You know, I'm I sure he'll that. ask you well, about that. Yeah. But it's also 99.9% .9 empty space you know, in any given well, atom, and what's up with that empty space? Well, I'll take it, you know, but what kind, what's going on in that empty space? And well, you were talking about energy, fields within fields within fields. Mm -hmm. 
all sorts of limitless possibilities there and all prone to consciousness, I think. But back to Timmy, because, you know, you said the magic word. Yeah. And I, Chip, <laughs> uh, did you, you had a chance to watch Ghost Stalkers, uh, you know, the couple seasons that, that, that was on with David Roundtree and Chad, when they did those uh, experiments with the, the portal uh, formation uh, at, at a haunted location when they were doing uh, AVP sessions, he could see the actual wormhole or Einstein Rosa Bridge opening up as they were doing uh -huh. this EVP session. How do you use that? I, I'm glad you said Einstein Rosen Bridge because it, that theory links in very closely with Nassim Herriman's theory of these micro wormholes mm -hmm. con being connected to the centers of all atoms. And, right. and that's what quantum entanglement is, essentially. Mm -hmm. electrical, an electrical web of wormholes. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I have. I really get into the physics of it. Mm -hmm. See, you go, girl. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. Timmy, Timmy's been a, an Einstein Rosen bridge guy forever. <laughs> yeah, so, talking so, about the the ER equals EPR, EPR, the conjecture in physics that entangled particles are connected by wormholes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, and Andrew I'm, Collins yeah. is a quantum mechanics guy. We know that for a fact. Oh, I'm I'm better with quantum mechanics than Andrew. Oh, you go, girl. Well, oh, see, that's that. the thing. Well, because we were talking, we talked about uh, with him once about past lives, and see, I'm a past life regression hypnotherapist, so I have a a different account wow. for what I think past lives are than he does. He thinks that it's all quantum entanglement, where it's not that you uh, you you were King Henry VIII in a previous life. It's that part of you in this moment connected through quantum entanglement or mechanics with the essence of whoever was King Henry VIII. I'm more old school and think that, you know, no, it's not like everybody in the world was King Henry VIII in a past life or Napoleon or somebody famous per se. But I, I, I am yeah. old school and I no, do I, believe yeah. that we have had entire lifetimes from the past, many of whom uh, have some of our present lineage uh, in those lifetimes as well. Uh, it's just, I think where Andrew was coming from was be, was due to the fact that there's this thing called nonlinear causality. So mm -hmm. that essentially means that time is not linear. I mean, time is just time. And where we are now doesn't mean we can't have an instant connection to the past or the future it's all one thing going on at the same time technically it's just we personally can't perceive it unless it's linear to us so i mean maybe i'm henry the eighth right now and i'm also myself right now because time is an illusion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i i can go along with you and you know look we've talked a lot about people who have had some sort of contact with, we'll just say, non-human intelligence, whether it is yeah. um, extraterrestrials from a physical point of view, extraterrestrials from an interdimensional point of view, uh, you know, uh, the ghost apparitions, etc. But the more you get involved with that kind of thing, the more differently you see time, mm -hmm. because most people just think of it as this straight arrow, you know, right. and we're not on that boat anymore you know 
we, well, we there are yeah, how there are all sorts of different shifts in time and even yeah. in the moment you can and and if an atom can put itself in the future to overcome some obstacle in its path why can't we we're made up of atoms there's so. all kinds of instances of time portaling throughout mm -hmm. history all kinds i mean i are you aware of some of them i am I you, are. So you, you know the classic like uh what was it versailles story of of the two women who found themselves all of a sudden in like the renaissance time mm -hmm. you remember mm -hmm. that one yes okay so there's things like that but then you also get things like people all over the world claim to see dinosaurs mm -hmm. what right. what's that like right. all over the world and what people that what if that's where the idea of dragons came from was people were just dinosaurs kept teleporting in and mm -hmm. certain areas and, and they called them dragons or something well, um, a lot of people say but, that about the cryptos you know bigfoot is something mm, that is yeah. like versailles women just appearing in this place in front of you know? witnesses and then disappearing yeah. It's uh, possible we, but i i kind of think he's an ultra terrestrial to be honest yeah. i i kind of think i yeah, I think he's just from another layer of existence, but he could be from the past. He could be yeah. from this existence in the past or the future, for all I know. Yeah. We can't well, say where these things interdimensional. He could be yeah. here and there at the same time. I mean, in the paranormal, we have to consider if, if we have contact with someone in spirit, perhaps it's a living person who's there, but because of some warp in space time, not because they died and they're still talking in the afterlife. Uh, and it might eventually, especially according to parapsychologists, be easier to prove uh, that it's a, a time warp factor more than it's. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of ghost sightings, a lot of ghost sightings might just be momentary lapses in time, time slips in time. Actually, time storms. Have you ever heard the, the term time storms mm -hmm, mm -hmm. coined by Jenny Randall's? Uh, generally happens around in a plasma mist environment. Uh, this luminous plasma mist will come out of nowhere, usually in a portal location, people will drive into it. And then all of a sudden, you know, eight hours goes by, four hours goes by, they're like either in the exact same place where they were in the exact same position, or they're like on in another country or another state all of a sudden, and only an hour went by, just slips in time, complete, mm -hmm. you know, time storms really, what they're called. Yeah. So. What is that if not a time portal? There's stories of, and the, you know the Utah arches, the the red arches. What do you call them? The Arches National Park in Utah. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, no. I'll be well, honest. when when no. you when you see photos of the American Southwest, you see those red archways. Usually, it's going to be in that South Utah area. The I don't know the tr I forget the tribes, but there there's at least a tribe or two that has stories of people in their in their communities jumping through one of these archways and never coming back mm -hmm. and you throw something through that archway and it, it, it's not on the other side and then years and years go by and, and they find like their dead body you know somewhere else could like completely right. far away from it um yeah. no we've heard a few I, of those got friends I, who are tribal elders and boy they've got stories and and you know things like ghosts and extraterrestrials or or time distortion is like Wednesday to them. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or sky people, ant people, lizard yes. people. They have they mm -hmm. have their their interesting stories. The Kachina doll, the Kachinas. I mean, what were they? What were they? Right. Yeah. See. 
See, Tim, all this, and she's a rapper too. I mean, you know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty thing, incredible. Interesting. Yeah. What are you looking up there, Timmy? See, Timmy, you can see the, the, the light bulb over his head and the wheels are turning. I was looking for that picture of that rock formation in Ireland that my brother sent me, and I was looking for something that looks similar to what he showed me. I expect. Yeah. Actually, I was looking for but. Oh, okay. Well, then. Want to you know hold you from finding that, you know the you know, uh, the thing that kills me about it's the law of entropy. That's a, that's the only thing that seems to get in everybody's way. The old you can't unbreak an egg thing, you know. You can break an egg, but once it's broken, you can't put it back together the way it was. And that's the one thing that all these standard model people will scream and yell about. Uh, the further we get away from that straight arrow, you know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> even matter, though in physics they're the one coming up with the theories for it they're the same guys that will kill it just as quickly you know are you talking about that on a material basis like you can't put physical things back together yeah uh, yes yeah uh, okay, you know well, it's like I we mean, get older we can't get younger regardless of what uh, l'oreal will tell you <laughs> Honey, uh, I mean, energy cannot be just dis- dis- created or destroyed. It can only change form from from one get. It can only change from one form to another. First of all, and secondly, I mean, what are what is matter? What are particles if not the quantum field and vibrations? So, mm-hmm. if particles are waves and waves are particles, and you can go between them, then why can't you reverse your age if you turn into a state of waves? If you turn into a state of light body. Mm-hmm. And and you're able to be multidimensional and, and travel across time. I mean, I think anything's possible if you can change between waves and particles. Sure. Well, I'm with you on that. We, we have this uh, group of people that are on their path to ascension. I happen to be one of them. But well, this, no, this is where you, your last life. Yeah. You, but you work to accept a higher vibrational living. And the, the more you get there, closer to that 5D world. You know, the ego falls by the wayside, you know, you, uh, simple material things don't really matter anymore. And there are people who do believe that they can transcend solid objects because they themselves are not solid technically because it all breaks down into atoms and particles and and bless them for that. Uh, but there are shaman that we have talked to and uh, tribal elders. And, and people that have really recaptured the indigenous kinds of beliefs or the understanding of the elements uh, in according to the indigenous peoples. And a lot of really exciting things can come out of that. You know, the one thing that really keeps us from doing all these things is this preconception or uh, belief that's been uh, kind of tr- hammered into us all of our lives. Uh, that it's just not possible to do that, and, you know, says them. Uh, but the the more you really look at everything from a, a very objective point of view, but down to elements that you were talking about free energy a while back without wanting to get assassinated. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there are things within the elements that are extremely uh, useful uh, if we could come to believe and understand that 
we could ask these elements or train these elements to help us do this thing. Water could be one of the best antibacterials ever known to humankind, you know, and it could be used thusly because it is one of these elements and has been used over centuries in indigenous peoples for healing, you know, for uh, treating ailments, disease, uh, mental afflictions, physical afflictions, you know. Uh, there are so many answers uh, within the kind of realms that we're talking about. But because you travel and you get closer to these uh, these places, these these rock formations, these burial mounds, these uh, all these different that you that you just stand there and know the energy is just so much different and transcends time and belief. You know, you're kind of closer to that ascension thing that I am in my five years of working in it. Uh, well, it's like it's like putting a portal within a portal. You're putting the portal of your third eye within an actual portal area on the earth. And that's portaling up to the portal of the sun. And that's portaling to the portals of every other sun and a giant cosmic web. And that's been proven. There are, you know, there's electromagnetic filaments called Birkeland currents that connect all celestial bodies to one another. Especially it's talked about in the electrical un electric universe theory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, you know, our vortexes connect up to x points which connect the field of the sun it's a portal that connects the field of the sun to the field of the earth so it's just all fields within fields within fields connected by channels and channels and channels and and i think on earth personally on earth those you can call those channels lay ley lines but but really i think you know the real definition of a ley line is an alignment between i think two or more sites but I, the, the, the real energies there could, are probably the telluric energy currents within the Earth and other subtle energies. And they just happen to, you know, coin them ley lines because things are aligned along these. But what if you could, what if you could collect these telluric currents and spin them around in mm -hmm. opposite directions? What if you could create essentially an alternating DC motor? Well, yeah, that, uh. that you can't do alternating and direct <laughs> current. So, no. But... <laughs> What if you took two direct current to lyric currents and made an alternating current uh, stone circle? What, what you might be able to port portal your consciousness, and you might and you might be able to portal a lot more than that. And they choose their sites wisely. They sure. they put those stone circles in those reasons because of the electromagnetic properties and the underground water aquifers there. And with that thought in mind, and your understanding of these dimensions, these frequencies, these currents. I recommend you go to Australia sometime. I got a lot of friends yeah. in Australia talking about those ley lines. And again, that's like what we call dark energy, dark energy, not because it's dark. It's just we don't know what it is. Right? Mm -hmm. But in, in, in that frame of mind, these ley lines, these magnetic fields uh, that my friends have come across uh, in Brisbane, in Queensland, in Australia are just really next level. I've had friends that have been in Bermuda uh, with those ley lines and have been to Australia too and they say there's no comparison. Chip, that's well, probably... Rock. Yeah, that's, Ayers Rock. Mm -hmm. That could be why there's, you know, UFO sightings in, in certain areas with ley lines. Maybe there's some sort of electromagnetic connection or energy drawing them there. Well, I think that's the, ch the pathways, uh, the pathways and the fields and the and their flow but i mean you can compare that to the human body that mm -hmm. 
the acupuncture points and the meridians. Um, sure, there's bioelectricity in our bodies and there's telluric current, electrical telluric currents within the earth. But my question is, is energy, is electromagnetic energy not a side effect of a more primordial energy, which is that chi that is coming mm -hmm. from base level reality? Let's call it the quantum field. Um, what is orgone energy? You know, I kind of feel like this orgone energy, this this scalar wave torsion field, um, chi, prana energy might travel along electromagnetic pathways and fields. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that the electricity is our life source energy. It just means that the electricity is a symptom. Sim it, it goes alongside right. it. I mean, yeah. it's a symptom of it's or... It's incidental to not directly a result of or they're cause related. of. Yeah, they're, they're related. related. So yeah, have you ever yeah. have you ever done uh, uh, healing and been able to uh, take your body and and remove a headache from someone or sore uh, muscles yeah. from I've, using I've that? I've tried. I've tried. I need to. I really need to figure out how to discipline myself to do that in a way that it doesn't affect me negatively. Because, um, you know, I, I can pick up bad vibes without, mm. I'm not actively reinforcing my shield like I should be sometimes. And, uh, uh, no, yeah. I get that. I get I've that. Tried. I've you tried. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes, sometime if you'll allow me, I will help you. Just well, on Skype. You. I will I will help you learn how to do that just on Skype in a way that won't interfere with that kind of energy or drain you. There is a certain divine nature to this thing. Mm -hmm. And you know it's not of you. Uh, and just the fact that this kind of energy can flow through you, that you can be a vehicle for this, you know, is just this wonderful honor. And because in the same way it's not um, causing or uh, making happen the after effects of being drained or the actual effects of taking a harmful energy away from another so they can feel healed in that moment. It's just kind of this bypass type of thing. You are allowed to be an instrument to this wonderful divine energy, if only for a moment. And because you're using it in service to the greater good, it generally will not uh, drain you afterwards. Timmy, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I was wanting to ask Helena if there's, well, you know, what are what are the things that you do to guard your energy, being that you're an empath, um, when you go out in public. Well, um, I think it's a subconscious level thing. Mm -hmm. I generally just I try to um, kind of just see myself in a in a bub in a bubble, a semi permeable membrane, and. Um, and if someone happens to bump inside that membrane that I don't feel has a very uh, positive energy, then I, uh, I'll block it. Mm -hmm. I will try to block it. I, it usually, it, it's not like, oh, I, ha I have to go home right now. I mean, <laughs> I, I can tolerate it. I can tolerate it. Unless you're screaming at me, I mean, then, then I'm going to have to for sure leave. But um, I don't prefer to be in, neg in the environment of negative energies. I can handle it but that i think it's important to see your electromagnetic field your morphic field auric field whatever you want to call it see that as your safety zone as your shield as your membrane see 
That's beautiful. Hey, we like you. You are, you are all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, how, so how did you come across Andrew Collins? How, how did you not just meet him, but get to a point where you're doing some of these Working. things uh, along with him? Yeah. Well, um, I, <laughs> I followed him on Facebook and he has a lot to say. Sometimes he has a very, a very opinionated, very curious person. And mm -hmm. He was he was talking about I think the Anunnaki and the Nephilim and I was like well what about this well wait a sec what about this here and he's like well and then he realized that, <laughs> that you knew what you were either, talking either, about <laughs> well for either of us to come to a happy medium of bo both of our opinions we needed to just move it to the messages so we moved it to the messages and you know it just started a long term long distance friendship and of course now we you know we know each other in person um but but his ideas and my ideas have merged more and more and more over the years i've i've brought him a little closer to my way of thinking he's brought me close a little closer to his way of thinking he's nice. not I, I don't know if you know this but he's not really like an ancient astronaut theorist no we, right. we do know that and that's and I've got to say, it's fair. It's fair because you cannot say where these things are coming from. You don't know unless they come here specifically, hold a press conference and say we yeah. are from planet such and such. Yeah, and have a and map solar and show you how they Solar got system <laughs> such and such and galaxy such and such. We cannot assume they're from another planet within this dimension, within this level of space time, this layer of existence. But all we know is that they're alien to our normal reality. So I really like John Keel's idea of ultra terrestrials coming mm -hmm. from another realm of existence. We don't really know where, maybe another. He, he, I think he went so far as to say another layer of existence, but I think it can go all kinds of ways. I think they can be from other places in time. I think they can be from other dimensions, from parallel realities. From the astral realm, I think the astral realm might be the membranes in between dimensions. Yeah, that that's what makes the most sense to me about the astral realm. Yeah. Um, it, it could be coming from another planet within, you know, our three D universe. It could come from another universe altogether. I mean, I I think universes are probably all connected together into a multiverse through probably black holes. I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's Portals. it's just endless possibilities. Portals, we're we're portals, multiverse people. people. See, we're not parallel universe people. We're multiverse people. Well, there there could be another version of us on a different timeline alongside us. It's I I don't think that that's. I don't oh. have any opinion on the matter. It's possible. Anything's possible. Sure, sure. Well, it's just we had a friend point out to us. Uh, was it Thomas? Uh, um, the super ge geometric dude there. Tom Fusco. Uh, yes. Well, said for a parallel universe, you have to have uh, an almost identical Big Bang, an Adjacent almost universe. identical unbalance of matter and antimatter canceling each other out until they didn't anymore, and all these planets mm. and stars and this and that forming almost the exact, exact same way. What are the odds of all that? You'd Just have so to have, you'd have in to. this conversation, you'd be talking and I'd be listening rather than me talking and you listening. That's a lot to ask for. <laughs> Chip, you'd have <laughs> to have an adjacent universe. 
you, you, but you're, you're forgetting one important thing, and that is the Mandela effect. You see, what if things have been splitting off and branching off into subcategories and subcategories and subcategories every time there was a, you know, a, a, a rift in space time? Mandela effect is kind of interesting. Not saying I believe in it, but it's I'm, I'm with you on that. It is interesting. It's yeah, it's, I blame it for the too much, too many drugs in college. That's why I have uh, uh, some some bad memories every once in a while. <laughs> no, that's a little too that's a little too skeptical. But uh, no, it is very, very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think it it, it goes along the timeline theory better than anything else. I'm just uh, because, you know, I'm not a flat earth guy either. Uh, but there is some research to that Mandela effect. And, you know, uh, all I can do is just say, wow, I can't believe that actually happened. What do you well, think, Tim? Are you it, a Mandela guy? No. no, Timmy's not a Mandela guy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Elaine. If you, okay. Check it out. I'm just going to give it the best defense I can. And I'm not a Mandela person. It's interesting. But if you have these kinds of crazy scientific experiments going on, like at the Large Hydrogen Collider at CERN, mm -hmm. or I don't know, HARP or DARPA, it's, you might be able to, you might be able to fracture dimensions or layers of existence. You might be able to actually affect our reality at, at, at its core. I mean, who knows what you can do? You Maybe you could pull in a particle from another dimension if, if you know, in 20 years, once the Large Hadron Collider has upgraded for a millionth time, who I'm, then I think anything's possible. Sure. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they, they have found, uh, you know, um, what is it, the, the, the God particle, you know, uh, something that creates mass out of nothing. You know, Mayor, save, me, yeah. save me one of those when you're done. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, fuck. I said that. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I thought the camera was off. Um, no, I, I mean, I could only I, we, the listeners can't see what we're doing here. Uh, what do you want, a I Red Bull? I haven't what? seen a Red Bull in your hand all evening. I don't have Red Bull. I've just got <laughs> my frozen Coke today, and it oh, is what it is. You're you know. slipping. Uh, a red ball guy, but I will say though, because we have gotten to know Andrew, and we feel uh, entirely and earnestly fortunate for that. I mean, oh, there me are just there are very few people in the world like Andrew or Greg Little too. We love Greg. Uh, see, I'm a psych guy, so I'm I'm you know Greg and I, uh, I I get him. But to to see what they've done with ancient civilizations and treating them like they had a brain. Where, you know, they weren't just sitting around with their thumb up their butt waiting for some extraterrestrial to show them how to plant wheat, you know, or, or do math. I mean, you know, come on now. Uh, but these guys have been really good voices for uh, the people that came before us, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Their uh, research on uh, Denisovans is uh, nothing short of spectacular. And all the things that they're fighting, I mean, they are fighting people with egos who have spent 50 years saying that archaeology is this way and only this way, and history is this way and only this way. And they're coming up with very uh, incredibly intelligent, uh, greatly reasonable explanations why all those folks have been wrong all this time, <laughs> you know. 
Uh, eugenics has been a big uh, stumbling block for a lot of people in this belief that certain uh, species of people are so much better than other species of people is hogwash, you know, and that's half of the things that are guarding archaeology and history to, to make it a lot tougher for people like Andrew and people like Gregory. Uh, and we love these guys for it. They're, they're changing the world. They're doing beautiful things in extremely unique ways. And they're paying the price for being the smartest guys in the room. And all we can do is love them for it. Uh, Chip, have either of you guys been to many energy vortex sites? Nah, outside, been... outside of my living room, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't travel that that much. Um, yeah, um, I I I I did uh, see Stonehenge when I was a kid, but I had no real understanding of how magical it was or anything, and yet I still felt something. It's definitely you know. on my bucket list. Yeah. Well, I, I, Stonehenge as an adult is mine, too. So, yeah, we got to go back. I just want to see England again. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please go to Avebury while you're there. Please do that. Oh, I went. Important. See, you the went past life thing, I, I believe that uh, I knew uh, people in the day and age of King Henry VIII and King George VI. For some reason, that really resonates with me. Uh, Interesting. Never been to England in this lifetime, uh, with the exception of when I was a kid. Um, Chip, I'm gonna, but I'm yeah, gonna, I wanna I'm go gonna, back. I'd love to go to Blast Glastonbury and I want just to see everything. Go ahead. Tim. I'm gonna end this call. I think you guys, YouTube, still be connected, but I gotta, I gotta promote uh, the network and, and ask for donations and play the commercials that that Michael uh, created for us. So it'll it'll be about three minutes. So, oh, so you're okay, just so gonna leave the call. Wait, wait. So we're not still on the air, right? Well, we are still we are on right the air, now, but when but... Timmy breaks away, he'll break away to do a commercial break. So you and I will be off the air. He'll be on yeah. the air, and he'll rejoin us in like three minutes after that. Yeah. Perfect. That cool. Right. See you soon. You're yeah. listening to the Supernatural Realm with our special guest Helena Reznor. We'll be right back on just a few short minutes. When you support WCETFM and LNM Radio, you are telling the suppressing, censoring, lying media, the Gestapo social media gatekeepers, and the search engine manipulators that they cannot control you or the flow of information. So go to WCETFM and click on the support tab at the top of our website. We offer books from great past guests. In return for your donations, our fantastic friend Chip Reichenthal has offered to give a tarot card reading if you donate $100 to the station. Now, you would spend way more than that on one of them phonies at the fair or on some shady website. And besides, you're helping this station and this radio show continue and taking the control out of their evil hands and putting it back in yours. Or you can be a great patriot and just donate to the station by clicking the donate button. It's on every page, right at the top. Last but not least, you can send money orders or gifts. Just go to our support tab over on WCETFM.com and you'll find where you can send that. 
Help us continue to bring you the best host with the best guests, with the best information, and be the resistance, bringing you the truth one show at a time. WCETFM in Late Night in the Midlands. We cover every. Late-nighters, make sure you check us out on all our social media pages. You can find them at the very bottom of the website under Our Supporters. And make sure you suggest us to one friend and, well, ask that friend to do the same. And you become the resistance. You can keep up with all things WCTFM and LM by joining our mailing list. Just go to the bottom of the homepage and subscribe. You'll get everything from guest info and show info and other important station-related information. So go sign up now. WCETFM.com LM merchandise is finally here. We have a large selection of shirts, hats, wall clocks, phone cases, stickers, jewelry, and much more. It's been a long time coming, but it's worth the wait. With great prices and quality products from Calf Press, 
Just go to LateNightInTheMidlands.com and click the big blue banner at the top of every page. Every purchase helps keep LNM Radio on the air, so stock up and tell the world you're a late nighter. So again, go to www.LateNightInTheMidlands.com and click the big blue banner at the top of every page. And welcome back to the Supernatural Realm on WCET.FM. That's 101.7 FM, Columbia Talk, Columbia, South Carolina. Our website here is www.wctfm.com. And don't forget, Supernatural Realm replays on Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 5 p.m. Central on uprntalkradio.com. That's uprntalkradio.com. Com. And we're going to be joining Chip and Helena here in just a moment. So stand by. Hi, there's huge, tall. Are we Are we back? And we're back. And we're back. All right. And the huge, like, 15-foot yellow thing with the triangular head. Uh, I, yeah. That is, and to hear that, horrible. Anyway, we are back. The great Tim Roxbury is back. And, yeah, I don't know if you ran that thing or not, but, yeah, I'll say it out loud, you know. Anybody that uh, subscribes or donates uh, $100 to this network uh, can get a tarot reading from uh, your truly, Chip Reichstahl. I'll take very good care of you. I'll make sure that it's some of the wisest money you've ever spent. And like I Michael Vera says, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Michael Vera says, you know, you could spend more money on that from some uh, circus, uh, circus reader clown. that you have no yep. idea who it is. But everybody knows me. Yeah. So, you know, uh, because, you know, yeah, we, we'd love to see this uh, this network continue on, you know. We love talking. We love Michael Vera. We love his show. We love uh, all of our fellow hosts and producers and friends. So, yeah, we say go for it. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're back. Timmy, uh, yeah. right we're, yeah. we're back and live here yeah. on Supernatural Realm Radio. And then the good thing is I'm going to be getting a um, soundboard, which you and the guests will be able to hear when I take a break. <laughs> so Oh, that's right. Yeah, you'll be able to hear it play. So, I, you know, CeCe's uh, wonderful enough to, you know, send me one of his uh, spare ones on his shelf, and he'll be sending it out this week to me. So I'll be... Hooking it up probably this weekend. Oh, very cool. So we'll you be, know, it's we'll even cooler tech. than that, although marginally, because <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Helena and I were, were talking during the break while you were playing commercials. And, and uh, there is an understanding that there is a way for us to access these energies, these frequencies in ways that would allow us to be more productive in healing upon ourselves that we could use in more productive and loving ways to and for and with others as we move toward this golden age. You know, we were, had been talking with uh, Alana Reznor. We love 
you, by the way, you're always welcome here, like forever. Love and ever. you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. And, you know, I mean, really, one of the main reasons that we do this show is a lot of things behind these dark, dark mysteries are, are benevolent, loving, uh, can help us uh, easier uh, move forward toward this golden new age where as a collective, uh, as a unified collective, we could get so much more done for so many more beautiful ways and beautiful things uh, than we currently are now. Uh, with scaring each other and hating on each other and, and dividing each other. And, and if you can find benevolence in even the darkest of mysteries, then maybe it'd be easier to see less fear throughout life. But in your uh, touring around these locations and your understanding, your, your very good understanding of these energies, I think that perhaps you might have learned some ways in which we can use this to our true advantage. You know, not a cheap, let's make money quick advantage, but in a true human, earnest, well-charactered, you know, decent way uh, to go forward uh, with our heads held up higher. Would that be inaccurate to say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you've looked into Russian pyramid science, but we'll get into that later if we can. Mm -hmm. But okay, I... I think that spin, that vortexes in themselves, they are able to create a zero point at their middle. At, their, at the center of their toroidal shape, I believe they can open a zero point or a portal that can access an infinite life source energy from the multidimensional quantum field directly. Okay, this you can call it prana, you can chi, orgone energy, scalar waves, non-hertzian waves, whatever you want to call it. Um, it might all be the same thing. And I think once you can access this source energy, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it can be used to power our electricity grid through Tesla technology. And I, I'm not like talking her. Elon Tesla, I'm talking Nikola <laughs> Tesla, Nikola <laughs> Tesla. Tower technology. I think it can be used to open quantum entangled wormholes and portals, which are probably the same thing. But mm -hmm. because of quantum entanglement, there might not be any space to, to, to traverse. So you might not want to imagine it as a flux tube. I think, um, I think that was Tesla's goal was to be able to power the whole world with those coils, with that technology. By pulling it out of a zero point, out of the ether itself, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think... Um, Probably I think what got him killed. Probably. Well, I mean, especially what got his documents confiscated the second he died. Mm -hmm. But that's for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, you can open wormholes or portals. And I think that you can not only portal matter... Well. That's a lot to believe, but I think you can at the very least portal consciousness. Mm -hmm. I think you can portal this life source energy, and it probably is consciousness. Or mm -hmm. maybe the field, the quantum field is consciousness, and you're portaling in its life source energy consciousness <laughs> into you through these portals. Um, I think 
can travel through them in astral or physical bodies if you can figure out how to control particle wave duality. I think you can improve it, um, physical and energetic health of living beings and ecosystems. And if you get, if you really look into pyramid technology, um, that seems to show that exactly. It's creating spin. It's creating a giant torsion field or vortex. And um, these t pyramids going up in Russia and improving the health of the people in the communities. And, you know, you put water in it and, and give it to people to drink. And all of a sudden they feel better, you know, and they, and they were just dying or just, I mean, there's actual science behind this, but it was behind the Iron Curtain. So it's difficult to get to. Um, I think vortexes can induce trend, uh, transcendent insights, experiences and enhance psychic or supernatural powers. I think there's a lot we can do with it. I mean, what is magic if not using that, that or alchemy without using that Azoth, that, that force? Mm -hmm. What yeah. is, you know, acupuncture and acupuncture without managing that force? But mm -hmm. it has to be, you have to know how to control your vortex, you know, whether mm -hmm. that be your spinal vortex or the vortex of your earth and the field around it yeah, to be able to uh, to be able to utilize these energies. They can be done for everything. I think it can help everything. Yeah. It's 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 already there. We just have to learn how to stabilize it and tap into it. Mm-hmm. And I and there people there are people who really might have either done it or came very close to doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. And and keep you mentioned alchemy and, and keep in mind we we kinda of talked about it yesterday, uh, uh, it was Taboo Monday on, oh, shameless self-promotion. Uh, my show, Kindness Beyond the Veil, which is right here Monday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on this very network, where we take a kinder look at the paranormal, supernatural, metaphysical with your host, Chip Reichenthal. Hey, that's me. But we were talking about alchemy in the sense that back in the day, the alchemists, you know, weren't uh, these demonic figures that were ostracized from their communities and you know, the, the church had to send uh, forces to inquisition them. No, alchemy and astrology back in the day were practices that uh, actually the highest schooled people in the world knew of. Because alchemy is early chemistry. It's early medicine. Back when they were cutting people to bleed them, and that's how they would find out if they were sick or not. Uh, the alchemist Queen Elizabeth I, back in the 1600s, used John Dee, an alchemist. Henry yeah. Henry VIII uh, used uh, Sir Thomas More, wrote the book Utopia. He wanted everybody in the world to get along. They were alchemists. They were astrologers. You know. So this is before we found ways to make them silly or make them freakish or uh, unnatural. Just wanted to say that out loud. So really, the most well-versed people in the world, uh, really up until about uh, the mid-1600s, uh, were, I mean, that was uh, something, you know, now it's law and medicine. Back then it was alchemy and astrology. So these are people that had originally came up with this stuff that knew what they were doing. Timmy. Chippy, we got about five minutes, and we got to give the server to Michael. But I want to let, really? let, let you wow. and the listeners know uh, who our guest is for Thursday? Um, Thursday, our guest is Mary Ann Bower. Um, she's a public relations consultant and author of new book about 
gifted intuitives, and the power of our own inner voice. So we talked awesome. to Mary on Thursday. Wow. So. Well, that's cool. See? Magic of Tim Roxbury right there, here on the, on the supernatural realm. Yeah, and, and Helena, we'll definitely have to have you back at some point, because I think we're we just, will we're definitely just touching. Have to have you back. Yeah, yeah for just sure. Starting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, so you're going to hold on for a reading after the show. Just saying that out loud. I'm going to let my wife know in a minute. But, uh, yeah, so that's very cool. So Thursday, that's, what, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here, WCETFM.com. And, of course, Supernatural Realm Radio can now be heard on Saturdays uh, from, what, 4 to 6 p.m.? 4 to 6, uh, uh, 4 to 6 Eastern, 3 to 5 Central on UPRN Talk Radio. Talkradio.com. And our podcast, including this one, will be available on every podcast known to humankind, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, and others. Right, Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. Uh, Podbean. Podcast everywhere. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, I mean, think about what Helena was saying for a second because, you know, the only thing that's staying in the way of uh, her advice, which she will give, offer some of, and next time she's here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm going to poach her. I, I said sure. that out loud. Um, <laughs> is our intent, you know? You hear the expression, faith can move mountains. Well, actually, it's your intent, because your intent believes faith can move mountains, so you, you use faith to move those mountains, but we can move them. Uh, we've known phenomenal people that studied the true power of our intent. If we actually knew what that was, we wouldn't believe it, because it goes against so much of what we've been told or taught Chip, or insisted. We've had people on a show who have experienced horrific demonic attachments and possessions, and they come back at the end, you know, saying about how powerful uh, positivity is, how powerful our intent is with, you know, getting rid of these things with these energies, these sure. demons or whatever you want to call them. So yeah. that's very important. And and vortex for that as well. Mm -hmm. It really can, especially. Like places like Sedona, places like Glastonbury, Shasta. Yeah. You work with your own polar vortex of your body and to the outer greater geomagnetic vortex around you and up to the X points in the sky and to the sun. And, and once really you have that connection, once you have that connection, you can, you can probably heal just about anything. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I, including I, yourself. Well, yeah. just being in all that extra energy. Because we've heard Andrew tell us stories about... Remember, he was in some place, I think it was near Arizona, where he actually Gotcha. saw, uh, I think somebody who might have been Native American, but like not from latter day, it was like some 400 yeah. year old. I told you about this instance when we laid down on the huge, huge quartz de deposit, he had the vision that you're just about to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. and I felt like I was spinning around violently going to throw up. Yeah, we got to wow. go, guys. It's like Already? Wow. Okay. Oh, it was well, so good to meet you guys. Yeah. You Please too. don't go anywhere. Stay on with us uh, for, for after the show. Um, yeah. Uh, coming up Monday on Kindness Beyond the Veil, I have some awesome guests. Oh, Jean uh, Broida is going to be joining us because she didn't have a chance to do it last time. So she's going to be joining us on Monday. We're going to talk taboo truths. 
and things you never are supposed to know about uh, UFOs and ghosts and energy and all sorts of stuff like that. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. night. Thanks for listening. Uh, Don't touch that dial. Subscribe or donate. Good night.